This is the Venturing Angler Podcast. In this episode, we'll talk with Meredith McCord, an angler who's traveled extensively throughout the world in search of species, experiences, and even world records. Let's chat with Meredith. So we're here with Meredith McCord. Um, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Um, you've caught my attention with uh, the incredible fly fishing trips that you've taken. Um, seems like you've been all over the world, uh, freshwater and saltwater destinations. Why are you drawn to fly fishing travel? You know, I think in general, um, I just, one, I love to travel. I love meeting new cultures, new people. I like learning and I think it's important for people if they can um, feasibly do it get outside the bubble and it will open your eyes and allow you to kind of look and have introspection back into your life to see how blessed we truly are especially living in the United States um, we're, we r- really are blessed and we have so much and I just love to um, eat foreign foods and um, meet other cultures terrific um, so what do you look for in a trip Adventure, exotic locations, and uh, fish that I can't get close to home. <laughs> <laughs> so your your home is Texas, um, and you've gone it seems like every corner of the world. Um, coming to mind are Guatemala, Christmas Island, the Bahamas, the Seychelles, Belize. Um, for saltwater alone, and then in freshwater, Argentina and the Rockies, Bolivia, Alaska. To name a few, um, what are your favorite freshwater and saltwater destinations and why? You know, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, unless there's a fishery that's been overpressurized, I like everything. I mean, there's not a location or a venue that I have not um, gotten excited about. But, you know, if I have, if I have to put a top of the top, um, for me, again, you'll find this, I think, anywhere, but no great fishing destination is right off a highway. You always have to travel far to get to the best, to find the unpressured fish. And for me, that makes it even more romantic, more spiritual, is to be alone on the flats, and that's the Seychelles. Um, it is a haul to get there, but if you can go, the variety and the species that you can catch on the fly will blow your mind. And it's not only that, too. I think the Seychelles offer some of the best guides um, in the world. The Seychelles guides and the South Africans are just fishy, fishy guys. It seems like there's a spirit around those guys, too, an enthusiasm that almost can't be beat. Um, I was talking to one of the Seychelles guides that you've been with um, yesterday, and he was saying that he loves coming to ICAST and IFTD because it gives him three days of just talking about fly fishing as much as he can hour after hour. Um, so 
the Seychelles. Real quick on that sure. one. <laughs> on the guy that you're talking about, Yako Lucas, I do want to mention, I mean, Yako and I have been fishing together for about 10 years and my various host trips over to the Seychelles and then my special moments where I travel with my dad. And um, I will say, he put me on my one of my first um, saltwater world records, and that was an island trevally. And it's not just a female record, it's an all tackle. We were the first people to ever record an island trevally caught. Whether, and I caught it on fly, but no one's ever caught one on a conventional and recorded it wow. either. And so we've discovered this new species that we didn't even know we had. And that's another reason, again, Seychelles rocks, because there's identified species, but I mean, the variety is off the charts, and so you might be ending up like me, catching a species that no one had ever seen before. That's awesome. And it seems like I'm constantly learning about new species from the Seychelles, whether it's triggerfish, bumphead parrotfish, something emperor. Uh-huh. I don't even know. Napoleon Rass. Right. I mean, they're, I mean milkfish, <laughs> yeah. chonos chonos. Um, and then bonefish. And oh, bonefish, and that's <laughs> bread and butter. I just got back. I hosted a trip in May and took... Um, seven anglers with me, several of which who had never caught bonefish before. We averaged those anglers who had never caught a bonefish, had never really done saltwater, averaged 20 bonefish a day. 20. And they were about three to five pounds. That's awesome. With some eight pounds, seven pounds in there. That's incredible. So they were happy, needless to say. That's great. So speaking of species, um, I know you've caught everything from bluefin trevally to... Uh, I can't even remember the name of the trevally you just mentioned that I had. The island. <laughs> the island trevally. Um, what are some of the uh, species that you're most excited about? Well, coming up in September, I'm hosting a trip down to Brazil. We're going to a very newly explored river that they've gotten permission from the indigenous Indians to allow anglers, only fly casting anglers, wow. to come in for 10 weeks um, every year. It's limited to 10 rods and that's for peacock bass and these peacock bass are not the normal like you see in florida that are you know five pounds to ten pounds we're talking on average 10 to 20 pound peacock wow. bass so i would say that's that's one species that i'm most excited about and then also i've had a great invitation from johnny over at fish pond um, i helped them and i'm one of their ambassadors to go with him to iceland at the end of august and so i'm very excited to see the atlantic salmon um, over in Iceland. Terrific. I, I just watched that film, Yao, Icelandic Incredible. Grass, and it, it, I've never wanted to go to Iceland so much now that I've seen that. That filmmaker, he, uh, we've talked a couple times on the <laughs> phone, and his drone footage is off the charts. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, you mentioned a minute ago um, a record, and it looks like you've been racking up a lot of world records lately. Um, what drew you to this pursuit, and how's it going? You know, I kind of, I like to liken it to golf. I mean, at the end of the day, what are we all after? And we all want to become better at whatever we do. And the only way that you're going to get better is to challenge yourself. So for me, and I do call it silly, um, but I I would say that pursuing records is my own kind of competition with myself. I don't do tournament fishing. Um, This is just me against the fish and challenging myself as an angler and with every fish that I've caught on every class line tippet from 2 to 20, I'm getting better and better. And about setting that hook, um, letting the fish eat, turn before setting the hook, you know, everything from my casting to my stripping to my um, hook setting and to playing the fish, um, I believe by chasing these and pursuing these records, I've become a better angler and have a long way to go, though. That's great. And so what are some of the records 
that you've caught, you know, achieved recently, I guess I should say? And well, okay, so um, a lot of people that taste records um, have some financial means to them, and I'm, I'm in a little different boat. Uh, I'm single, and, um, you know, I'm trying to make my way doing it, so I'm, I, ha I have to go local, and I, I have lots of fisheries right in my neck of the woods that I can drive to, and I think so often, and even myself, I'm guilty of this, I've traveled the world, but sometimes we don't look in our backyard to see what species we have right here. I mean, an hour from my house, and thus far in the last six months, I've racked up over 50 world records one hour from my house wow. out of two just small rivers, but they have a variety of species. So I've caught everything. I've taken the run on white bass, um, on conventional and fly, all the way to alligator gar, so out of the same river called the um, Trinity River. That's amazing. 50 world records out of one river system. That's terrific. I, I knew that you'd racked up some records, but I didn't realize that there were that many so close to home and in one location. Yes, and so in often, like in fishing with Captain Kirk Kirkland, and this guy is a character, if you have not seen him. Um, he's been on about 40 TV shows, and he, he's just, he's hysterical, but we, on average, um, have gotten about eight world records a day. That's how like pro prolific this particular like water system is, and how many varieties it Produces. That's awesome. And does that drain from the Colorado River? I could be way off on that. I, it's coming up through Dallas, and then it goes into Lake Livingston. So I'm fishing right below the dam most of the time, yeah. sometimes on the lake itself, but mainly on um, little tributaries off the Trinity River, and I'm not quite sure where that stemmed from. Cool. Um, Cuba. Uh, I know you've been to Cuba a number of times. Um, Tell me about Cuba, and especially, at, at least this is one of my concerns, and I've seen it floating around too, um, there's about to be a tourism boom from the U.S., and I'm sure people are looking to change the way trade operates as well. That should change Cuba, um, and it's concerning to some people. What are your thoughts on all that? You know, Cuba is an exciting place, and I think for a lot of us, um, it was always kind of the unattainable, and so I think that that's what gives it a lot of its charm and kind of that's what's driving everybody to want to go there because it's been kind of like you can't touch. Um, and we want to touch, we want to see. And so I have, I've been four times in the last um, 12 months leading groups over there and scouting the area. And while Cuba is an amazing place and Havana itself you can see what it was in its heyday sadly we are going to change that because the customer service in Cuba is not up to American standards a lot of the food um, while Miami has mastered Cuban food because of all the Cubans there uh, Cuba itself is very limited and the food is okay but not off the charts and I just know that Americans are going to be um, demanding higher service and higher quality and quantity so, um, with that said, I think that we're going to get in there and we're going to reconstruct and really uh, maybe hurt what is such a historical kind of city as it is today. Um, the fishing is good, but like with any saltwater fishery, it is temperamental and it's very tide-driven and very much weather-driven. Lots of shots at permit, um, both on the north coast and the south coast. Tarpon are more present on the south coast in Hardings de la Reina 
but um, I've had lots of shots. I've had over 100 shots at permit, but ask me how many I've come home with <laughs> pictures of. And that would be a big goose egg. So <laughs> permit or permit, no matter where you are, I'd love to tell everybody out there that you can go to Cuba and the permit eat better, but they do not. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. So, uh, but it's, a, it's an amazing place and I'm, I'll be, I'll be interested to see what happens when it fully does open. But right now, anglers can go um, through the Oceanic Foundation, which is 100% legitimate and allows people into the country to fish marine parks. It's an educational person-to-person visa. Cool. Um, a, perhaps a difficult question, um, and I use the word most, and so maybe I should take that word out, but because you've had so many incredible experiences, what would you say is your most incredible experience or maybe one of your most memorable experiences, I should say? Oh gosh, that is a hard <laughs> one because there, there are so many. Um, okay, let me, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I've got to, I'm gonna say three, sorry. No, that's, that's it's great. just, I, I have to do this, okay. <laughs> So I think um, my most memorable three moments is, one, I love to teach, and I love to see other women get into the sport. And uh, I had some friends down visiting me. My parents have a home in Belize, which um, I feel very fortunate to be able to have that as a, as a place to kind of go and find refuge and uh, fish. And my friend Melissa had come down with her husband, and Melissa had been watching and seeing my posts on Facebook, and she's like, will you teach me how to fish? My husband doesn't like it. And I'm like, absolutely, let's, let's fish. And so that day we went out um, with George Bradley, a very well-known guide down there on Ambergeese Cay, and I was teaching her the basics of casting, and we came across a school of bonefish, and she threw into it, hooked up right away. Wow. And that day, Melissa and I, between the two of us, I'm left-handed, she's right-handed, so I got up on the casting platform. George stayed right there in the middle, and then Melissa was up on the bow. On her very first day of bone fishing, we landed 101 <laughs> bonefish. That's unbelievable. And so just to see her face, and unfortunately, I think I've ruined her for life because yeah. it's never ended up being the same since that first <laughs> day. But to see that passion grow in one of my best friends, um, who had just never really been exposed to it was really exciting. So that seeing another girl get into it, like I get, I've gotten into it and to have a friend now that does it with me is great. Um, so that also, you know, I think for me, fly fishing is such a spiritual. And so my, my next two memorable moments is kind of combined into one is it's who it's about who you're fishing with. And, um, and my dad is one that taught me how to fly fish, and and I just I'm so appreciative that when he looked at me, he didn't see me as a girl, but he saw me as his child, and he wanted to share his hobby with me, and he wanted to be with me, and so it wasn't that I was a boy or a girl. He took all the kids because he wanted to be together, and that very first trip that he took me to, where he had called up a bunch of his guy friends, they had lost a guy on a trip. Let me let me kind of back up. So dad took me, he called me up and he said, hey, would you like to go on a fly fishing trip? And I said, well, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm not that good at it. I've only done it in Belize for bonefish. And he said, well, let me, let me see what I can do. And so he calls up his guy friends and he says, hey, I want to bring my daughter on this all guys trip. 
and the guys are like, no, 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 you can't bring your daughter. But they needed a 12th angler to make kind of the numbers work and fill the, fill the lodge up. And so we got down to right before this trip, and they were like, okay, fine, just bring your daughter. And that was my first trip to the Seychelles. I had never thrown anything more than a seven weight. Um, and so I was throwing, I had to learn how to throw a 10 and a 12 for GTs. And just, I'll, I'll never forget it, that first trip to the Seychelles, how wide open my eyes became to the variety of fish that you can catch on the fly and to fishing with my dad, double hookups all day long, high-fiving in the air. I mean, it's just, it was a special moment. So it's pretty amazing that you're able to travel to so many destinations. Uh, how are you able to go to so many great spots? Well, I mean, I, I do. I feel very fortunate. A couple of years ago, um, I teamed up with a fly shop and a travel company called Tailwaters Fly Fishing based out of Dallas, Texas, and um, David Leake owns the company, and it's just amazing, and he was on his third child and was getting a little bit of the, hey, kibosh, you got to stay closer to home, and his business is exploding, so he needed to stay more in the office and needed someone to come and host trips for him, and so we partnered up, and and that's how I get it. I, I do it. They do an amazing job. Their attention to detail, to logistics, to planning is unlike anything. And I've, I've gone on several trips with my dad through various outfitters, and nothing compares to, the, to teaming up with David and Tailwaters. And they've really allowed me to, to take some amazing trips and host great anglers. So you've mentioned some trips that you have ahead, uh, and that's pretty exciting. Do you have any records that you're looking to attain? Well, Tim, like I mentioned, um, I'm, I'm pursuing a crazy amount. I'm trying to hit 100 before the end of the year. And if everything gets approved that I have pending uh, right now, I'll have 61 records. So wow. I've got 39 to go. But there's one in particular that I'm going to go after this fall. And um, it's to reclaim my first record that I ever got that I was so proud of and very excited about when I first got it. And after 11 days of chasing bull reds on the fly um, in 2011 on December 1st I caught my very first world record shortly after sadly it was beat out and then right after that that girl got beat out and um, I'll never forget Dottie Valentine once said um, records are meant to be broken it's part of what the game is and so you can come back and reclaim so I'm going back after the 16 and the 20 pound class tippet on bull reds this awesome. coming fall and I'm super stoked because they are one of my favorite species to go after they eat they're hungry and man they're just like big pumpkins floating out there well, that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. This is great. The uh, trips you take are extraordinary and exciting. Um, and so uh, follow Meredith uh, at meredithmccord.com. And uh, thanks again. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.